Welcome to the Minnesotan Pod. Today we have a very special Minnesotan from Warroad, Minnesota, Larry Olam. Larry, we will learn about a little bit of Larry's past in Warroad um, and his playing days at the University of Minnesota, but we'll also talk about his new role as the head high school coach at Orono High School. Should be a great show. Hope you enjoy it. Love is a burning thing and it makes a fiery ring bound by wild desire i fell into a ring of fire well good morning larry how are you doing today I am good. Thanks for having me out. This is going to be a very special show. You're such a great guest that you not only get one interviewer, but you get two. Peter Odney joins me today as well. How are you doing this morning, Peter? I'm so good. Once I heard Larry Olam was, is it Olim or Olam? Oh my gosh. That's a good, uh, it, actually it, uh, it lets me know if you're from Warroad or not. Oh, crap. Um, really? Well, and I will tell you the story. Grandma Olam says Olam. Like yep. O-L-U-M. And so you got to go by what she says, right? Right. Okay. Um, but if you talk to the world people, the Marvins and, and a lot of the world people, I saw a, a classmate in an office building about a year ago walking down the hall. Hadn't seen him since high school, so it had been a while. Yeah. Went to recognize him, and he said, Larry O'Lim? <laughs> and so I was like, okay, that kid's from world. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Peterson was uh, 87 grad, and yeah. so so I answer to both and a lot of other things, but I say Olam. I'm going to stick with Olam if that's what Grandma says. Yep. That's, it's that's what, what I've what been I'm saying doing. my whole life, but Son Shogabay and I, I was spending some time when I was up in war, and he called you Larry Olim. And I'm like, wait a second, I've, have I been pronouncing it wrong? And Son goes on and on, it's Lim, it's Lim, it's Lim, it's Lim. Mm. And then, of course, I meet Larry at Celebrity Golf last uh, summer, and I, I I didn't care about anything else. I'm like, I just want to know, have I been mispronouncing it for 30 or 40 years? And you said it doesn't really matter. Correct, yeah. I'm st- I don't care what anyone says, I'm sticking with Olam. I like, We're not upsetting I, I grandma. I now say Olim to myself, but I will say always say Olam on A grandma show, from yeah. northern Minnesota, I'm not getting in no, the way No, you don't want to get in that yeah. crosshairs. Okay. All right, so let's talk a little bit about growing up world. Uh, I asked you before that we, we turn on the recorder, um, ha- have you ever lived in world since you graduated high school? And I did not. Nope, went back every summer uh, for the most part during college, but yeah, I never... Never went back to, to live in Warroad. Um, and you grew up, siblings? Any siblings? I'm the youngest, yeah. I have How two many? older brothers and okay. an older sister. Really? Yep, all quite a bit older, actually. Um, my sister's five and a half, and she's the closest okay. in age to me. All right. Um, what did your parents do for a living? Um, so my, we'll go back to Grandma Ola. My parents both grew up in Oslo, Minnesota. Just uh, on the Red River, just north yeah. of East Grand Forks. Yeah. And my dad, bef- before I was born, moved to Warroad to manage the Senex station and then uh, did a few other things over the years. Um, was a city clerk in Warroad when I was uh, real young. Um, and my mom did various jobs over the years, but mostly, you know, raised the kids. And um, yeah, so pretty fun. And I, 
kind of interesting point. I, you'd have to go back to the Warroad people to learn a lot more about this, but I can tell you, and I was actually born in Warroad. So in 1969, was we had a, a hospital. hospital there? there was a hospital. I don't know what uh, exactly it, it looked like, and uh, <laughs> I kind of know where it was. The, but the it, point you're making is there isn't a hospital now, but there was one in Roseau, correct? Yeah, so I think probably just about every kid after that um, would have been born in the Roseau Hospital. Right. Um, yeah, and my siblings were all born, you know, they were living in Oslo, so probably East Grand Forks. So I was mm. I was the only one uh, born in Warroad, but... Wow. And your childhood's pretty normal childhood. Look, sounds like you played a lot of sports growing up. Is that it, what got you out of bed? Absolutely, yeah. I, we just I loved to play, and we had a good group of of friends and kids in the neighborhood, and you know, again, dating myself, right, and ourselves, and and that's what you did. You went and played outside, and so yeah. I mean, there was a lot of hockey in the winter and in the fall and and spring. I can tell you, I played a lot of. Uh, you probably haven't heard about this, but we played a lot of two-on-two football. Really? Uh, Tell two me on more. Two-on-two football. Two-on-two. I liked it. I, yeah. I played a lot of two-on-two football. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. Touch um, or tackle? Oh, tackle. Tackle? Yeah. Depending on the surface. Sometimes yeah. we just would play in the street. So yeah, no, we tackle. had. Because it was a, we were just looking for a flat surface, but hey, yeah. we wanted to play tackle, too. Yep, <laughs> no, the, the yard's still there. Um Mr. Stuckel and Mrs. Stuckel, the librarian, and he was a teacher, kind of retired by the time I was of school age, but they had a great big yard. I suppose you'd have two two lots, right? And the one lot was basically right between my house and uh, and Rody Heenemann's house, the banker, today's banker. And uh, <laughs> he's still there. Rody's still there. Doesn't live in he's that house. He's a legend. He's a um, legend. Rody is is fantastic. Rody was the center on our football team, so I got to know Rody intimately in high school if i'm correct roadie won celebrity golf last year with his team dane jackson and those clowns they wore the gold jackets they got that? the gold jackets <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so they'll be back defending their, yeah. their title here next month okay are you trying to say yeah. you were the quarterback of the football team i was trying center? to i wanted to get that in i wanted to make sure we got that in today yes. okay <laughs> I, i'm picking up what you're dropping down you're trying nice. to tell us that you're the quarterback of the football team yep exactly gotcha. so um yeah, and in the, the small town of Warroad, you know, there's 60 kids in my class, so wasn't a lot of competition. Um, yeah. So I, I wasn't like I grew up in Wyzetta and, and fighting for a How a hard spot. would it be quarterback at Wyzetta? I mean, how hard? Oh. God, it's got to be hard. I can't imagine. But here's a here's a, uh interesting story and a very sad story this week. My When we moved to Wyzetta in 2000, um, that fall, I went to a Wyzetta football game which was nothing like I'd ever seen before in high school football, right? right. So in our little school and, and how we played football was much different than watching Wyzetta play Creighton-Durham Hall. Oh. <laughs> but that was the game I watched, and the sad part of that was Marion Barber was the running back for, yeah. for Wyzetta at the time, and he was obviously a, a legend. Um, and on the other side was Joe Maurer yeah. throwing mm-hmm. passes. Um, and I forget That was the, your first... Experience of a why is that a football game? That was the first Mauer and Barber play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it didn't get much better than that. How could it? How could it? Right. right. It's all downhill from there. Yeah. Man. So that was impressive. Um, so yeah, our our football and world wasn't quite the same. I mean, I'm watching both quarterbacks actually throw the ball. You know, it's just amazing. Thirty yards. 
in a in a hurry and so it was impressive but I yeah loved growing up in a small town and having that advantage right to play every sport Um, I hope we get back to that later on in the podcast because it's funny you talk about that game the the Marion Barber Maurer game because today's sports is just so much different than back in Roseau where you're playing three sports <gasps> I said sorry, sorry world sorry I, I, wow thank you yeah. see I knew you were funny I knew yeah. you were funny as he told me if you were I funny. had longer arms I would mute you right no it's now. okay right. um but back to world um even today, many of the kids, the hockey players in the smaller towns are still playing multiple sports. I know there's kids from Fergus Falls that have to skip Elite League because they have football. And, you know, so it's still happening in these smaller towns, and I would love to find a way to preserve that for kids in the metro area, but it's just super competitive down here. Exactly, yeah. But there are kids that do it, and there are still kids that that division one hockey players that are playing multiple sports, but it, it, it isn't as easy as it used to be. So I can appreciate that, but I do, I do also appreciate those that continue to do it. All right. So it sounds like Ward was a little bit like Mayberry. Still is back in the day. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways it still is. And the fact, you know, you, the opportunities you have within the small town and yeah, it's, it was, I'm really proud and, and would, you know, appreciate today growing up there and all the opportunities that we had for sure. Yeah. Does it ever like I, I go to the University of Minnesota now and look, wow, this is so much better than it was when I attended in the 80s. Uh, do you go back to world when you go back and look at all of the uh, senior housing developments and all the things that the Marvin family has done for that community and you realize, wow, this is even better than it so much better than it was when I was growing up. Do you see that? Yeah, I would, I mean, I would say it's certainly newer. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like just yeah. some of the development. That, the that's development's newer, but if you, um, from a sports standpoint, it, I was fortunate it was all there at that time. I, I was telling people just the other day, I was a peewee, I remember. So whatever year that would have been, right, um, I don't know, 8, 1980? maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got warrowed again. Remember, I had sixty kids in my class at this time. There's no girls hockey. Right. Um, we got our second indoor ice arena at that time. So I grew up uh, from Pee Wee's on. We had two, two indoor, sheets. two sheets of ice, indoor ice. Think about that. We had a senior team, the Lakers. Yep. We had high school, and we had Bantam Pee and Squirts. That's it. So I mean, there was there was open skating every night, like for an hour. Yeah. You could go open. So you know, anybody and everybody could just go skate every day, every hour. Or so are you saying the gardens was built in 82 or 81? Was nope. <laughs> so the second rink was actually that second sheet next to the gardens, the yep. Olympic. Yeah. That building, the Olympic was built in the early 80s. And then they tore. And they tore down the original, original? gardens. Was the original gardens where the gardens, the new gardens is now? Nope. Okay. Nope. It was uh, next door to the main street. So it's across group. town. Yeah. Okay. Right in the middle of town. Got it. All right. Excellent All right. placement. Right. Right next to the restaurant. But yeah. where the yeah. current gardens is is perfect because there's so much parking and land around. Parking it's and the school's there. The school. So that yeah. school was opened in '87. Eighty. Um, the class of '87 was the first one in that. Okay. Class. So prior to that, the high school was on the river, closer yes. to the old, old, old rink. Yep. Um, but yeah. So back to your point about development. Yeah. 
the rink I grew up in is gone. The school I went to is gone. Um, a lot of things are gone. <laughs> you know, all the way even, uh, you know, the Mariucci Arena is gone. All the buildings are gone. Ralph Engelstead's a different building. Yes. All the, They're all, you know, it's, it's a sign of... Uh, oh, the original Mariucci where you played, all of your games were... Did you Did you play in the new one? Nope. No, you missed it by a year then. Just right? yep, there was one more year after me in the right. old in the old one. So all right. Wow. So let's go through some of these names that you played, grew up playing with. Obviously, if you look at the big names, you got Chad Erickson, All American, and Izzy and Joy Biondi, and a long list of these were all probably your friends and classmates. You probably played squirts, peewees, and bands with them as well. Any any great memories from the the young days or from high school that obviously making the state tournament. Yeah, I mean that was the that was the highlight for sure, the state tournament. Um but what I remember the most is the names you mentioned and many, many others, um, from Squirts, Peewees and Bantams and I saw it for all the people going through it today, I, I would remember the same things they remember in the out of town tournaments. Right? I mean, yeah. even for war that was a big deal and we had uh yeah, we I mean we always had um we always seemed to have a good time. We always seemed to have success. We, you know, we weren't ever state champions, but we always had good teams and we always had fun. And we had, a, I just saw a picture, oh gosh, a year or two ago, there was a group of us. And when we'd get on a roll, we'd buy kind of funny hats, you know, like yeah, not baseball caps, but like a, you know, something your, your dad, but your grandpa would wear. Right. And so if we got on a roll, we'd wear those hats until we lost. We had cowboy hats. Same yeah, thing. and they but these were cheap, inexpensive hats because then there was kind of a, a ceremonial burning of the hats once we <laughs> lost. Um, so, but yeah, those it was so much fun growing up with uh, those kids in high school. We played squirts together. You know, yeah. I mean, we we came all the way up and. And had uh, all kinds of memories. So you mentioned Izzy, and I mean I can go through the whole list of teammates. But one also a uh, teammate. Couple, we didn't play youth hockey together because he would was a year too young, or I was too old. But Derek Comstock. Mm. So Izzy's he's been with the girls program. One of every, the coaches. This is the how coaches. you can't get on his staff is with guys like Derek, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard and, you aren't even allowed on his. Wouldn't no, be allowed I've, on his staff. I've applied. To, uh, twice in the last three years um i was a finalist um for his just an assistant coach to be an assistant coach on the jv team yeah um but yeah but i can appreciate they've got a good group of of people there but Derek was a teammate so it's it's fun to see him i saw him at the state tournament he's coaching now his daughter and Um, and derrick's dad you know was my coach he was i was gonna get to that yeah blaine so blaine was your coach growing up or in was, high school. Or was Cal a coach as well? Cal ever? was never a coach. Cal okay. was just getting everything organized. He was just and the godfather. Sure. Right? He was the godfather of, of hockey for sure. So Cal and a, a large, you know, or a, a, probably a small group that was just behind Warroad Hockey getting everything organized. And Cal was involved always with the Lakers. Yeah. You know, but Cal never never coached um but his son mike mike marvin was my peewee coach so for a lot of years all my years growing up all of us had ron tweet was a squirt coach mike oh marvin was the coach peewee you're coach. kidding me yeah and billy christian was the bantam coach and those three coached youth hockey Wait, so, volunteers. so tweet comstock christian marvin 
Marvin. Mike Marvin. Oh, oh, Mike Marvin was the Pee Wee coach. Correct. Yep. <sighs> we can end the pod yeah. right now. Yep, and then so uh, Blaine Comstock for 20-some years was was coaching the high school program, uh, uh, mostly as an assistant Okay, <clears throat> all my years. And then so his son Derek now has filled that role in World, I think, for even longer than he, he did on the girls' side. Yeah. yeah, and his boys, are his, boy, his kids are really good. Eric and Katie, I can, I can vouch. They are super talented. They are keeping the family name intact as far Absolutely. as hockey talent is concerned. So. Yeah. For some of yep. our listeners who might be used to a youth association coach, coaching staff changing almost every year, it feels like it's kind of become a stepping stone to bigger jobs or if a group of parents is unhappy <clears throat> with their youth coach, they move on. But can you tell people what it was like having that synchronicity between you got the same squirt coach, same Pee Wee coach, same Bantam coach, same high school coach, what that looks like when an association and its youth coaches are all pulling in the same direction? Yeah, I think you know what I think. Even and of course, as a kid, you don't you don't think about that or no. you know, think much about it. It's just that's what it was. That's it's who almost the coaches like were. that's almost like it's everyone's third grade teacher. It's everyone's fourth grade teacher. It's kind of yep. like that, right? You yep. just assume you're going to get that teacher in yep. fourth grade. But I think to your point, what happened in Warroad and what with those coaches and the whole community was all pulling the same direction. And and what can we do for Warroad hockey to? to continue to make it strong and to make it better. You know, like I said, and <clears throat> there was, you know, the one big thing during my youth um, years, of course, was getting another indoor ice sheet. Yeah. Right? I mean, that was incredible. And the and the group of people, Cal and Bill Christian and uh, I'm sure Jack Marvin and Tut Marvin and <clears throat> Roger Christian and all the, I mean, all kinds of people that I'm, I'm not mentioning, but, um, you know, that was that group of people getting involved and, what can we do to make world hockey better and make sure everyone has an opportunity to continue to play? And so that you're right. Those, they all pulled in the same direction and, and uh, it was, yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember any other coaches at that time. Obviously it's changed over the years, but there was a long period of time and they all, you know what? And that's kind of brings me to what the type of person I am and what I think about for coaching hockey, and that is all three of those names I mentioned and the high school coaches, but they volunteered to do it and they love to do it. I mean, we, it was kind of, it's funny to look back at our Bantam coach, right? And he was Billy, Coach Billy, Billy Christian. (laughs) And so this, you know, 20 years prior to this. He didn't trot in with his gold medals around his neck? No, no, he I didn't think he, so. he didn't do that, but he was out there uh, dangling and making plays. So he played till he was forty years old with the Lakers. So it, you know, there were young years where I got to watch him play, and then all of a sudden he's your coach, and he won Olympic medal. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, but we didn't. You didn't look at him that way. He was just Coach Billy, and then. I mean, I mentioned Blaine Comstock. Well, he was on Olympic team. Yeah, seventy six. Um, and I could go down. The, there's all kinds of. So you, it was impossible to to be, uh, to have a big ego in Warroad because as soon as you thought, man, I'm a good hockey player, it's like you turn around <laughs> and like someone's better. Yeah, right? and someone's <laughs> been there already and done that and done a lot more. And um, that's a you good know. point. I never thought of it that way. Well, yeah, and then Bill, Billy, um, you know, in those years, now all of a sudden. Um, it's right about that time, 1980, of course. Well, David Christian's a pretty good hockey player, right? Who grew up. Yeah, and you're in like fifth just, grade, right? Yeah, yep. So he would have, would he have graduated in 17, you know, 10 years 79, before me? 79, 77? 78, I yeah. think, maybe 
from from high school, I think. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, as soon as, you know, you're starting to feel pretty good about yourself, it's like, (laughs) um, hey, this guy who's just 10 years older and did all the same things you did in World, he just won a gold medal. He beat the Russians. (laughs) What did you do today? (laughs) Yeah, so there was no way to be real And then while you're getting closer to your high school years, now you're watching him play 80-game NHL season after NHL season. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And there's, yeah, there's a, there's a list. David, obviously for my youth was at the top of that list, but there's, there's Alan Hanksleben and there's, of course, Henry was before that, but there's, it's an impressive list for our little town. Right. And, um, so it was, and the, so it was fun. And as a kid, you're, you know, that's who you're emulating and saying, gosh, you know, maybe I could do that someday. And, but you, but when you had Billy as your coach and Mike Marvin, and it was like, None of them were ever driving you to say, this is what you have to, if you want to be like my son and get to the NHL, this is what you have to do. It was like, no, it's like you came to the rink and you, you worked hard, you had, you know, but you had fun and you played, it was a game and that, that was how they coached. And, you know, you had to be disciplined and you had to work hard and, um, they taught you how to play the game and, um, but, but they really helped you enjoy it. And that's, that would, what gave me the passion for hockey that I still have today. I love hearing the word game because at its core, it's a, it's a child's game. It's what children did because there was nothing else to do. And it feels like Warroad is one of those few places where it still treats this multi-bajillion dollar sport that we've created into a game. I love hearing that word. Yeah, it was, and it still is today. I still think they have this today, but what I can tell you for me in high school, so the, Uh, we've talked about the world Lakers, um, Cal Marvin having this senior team for 50 years and all the years they were, you know, in playing against Canadian teams. But so we, that's what I would watch, right. As a kid. I mean, we didn't have, it was kind of pro hockey. It was, it was kind of pro hockey. College players. They're really good. Really good hockey players. And you know, but, but they're, and the other thing they're doing is they love the game, right? They went to work the next day. I mean, they yeah. weren't they weren't making money playing for the World Lakers and the Thunder Bay uh, team and St. Boniface and Steinbeck, and <clears throat> but they loved the game. So what? By the time I got to high school, then I was able to. So the World Lakers, um, they had ice every night. I think I heard the story. But they, I mean, a World Laker practice was lights against darks. You'd scrimmage. I mean, that was practice. You know, the <laughs> Lakers that I grew up with, or you know, I was, I was in high school, that was practice. They scrimmaged, and there was there were a few other out-of-town players, so they wouldn't all be there. Correct. Um, you know, a few Allen Iversons on the team, right? <laughs> practice? <laughs> um, but we got to skate with the Lakers every night. So we'd have high school practice <clears throat> um, after school, go home and have dinner, um, and go back to the rink at 9 o'clock, and we'd skate with the Lakers. There's probably – Oh, four or five, six of us every night um, that we didn't have a game. Were you um, hand selected, or could anybody show up? Anybody or? could go. Yeah, yeah. It just you know you kind of had to be old enough, right? Right. That you, was you there, weren't going to. Was there hitting? Uh, no. Yeah. No, there wasn't hitting. Um, I'm sure there was an occasional. Yeah, hit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the puck away from <laughs> you hitting. Not. Yeah. I'm going to. You know. No, there was there was none of that. No, right. there was none of that, and it was uh, it was lights versus dark up to five. And uh, two goalies. Gosh, it was really a luxury if we had two goalies. Um, I would say most of my memories are posts. 
posts. Yeah. <laughs> so that it's small down, right? Means. There aren't a lot of goalies. There aren't a lot of kids, period. I mean, so it's probably, you know, you might have had eight or, you know, seven or eight on a team, right? And so you're doing five on five and you got to hit the post and um, go up to five and switch in. So that was, we did that a lot. We did that a lot. And, that, you know, Izzy was a year ahead of me. So Izzy always had the key to the rink and shut off the lights. So when he graduated, it was, now what are we going to do? Um, yeah. and, and there was World Lakers a lot of times with, they would be running the rink too, man. One of them would be the manager. But um, so my senior year, I was fortunate enough to get a key to the building and to learn how to drive the Zamboni. Oh, wow. Yeah, so on the nights, maybe the Lakers were out of town, and uh, we still wanted to skate. We skated, and, you know, at 10 o'clock when uh, it was time to go home, or, you know, probably later on the weekends, um, yeah, you had to do the ice before you left. So How hard is I got it to, to drive, drive Zamboni? Um, it looks pretty tricky to me. Yeah, and I'm sure... It wasn't, it wasn't too difficult, um, but it wasn't, it was a little scary the first few times. Um, cause you know, you hit, you hear it hit the door, hit the boards. It's like, <laughs> I got to imagine it's pretty expensive piece of equipment. And right. if they show up tomorrow morning and there's no boards in one corner, <laughs> it's not going to be good. Um, but that was, a, that's a memory of a lifetime, right? So you drove the Zamboni, we shut off the lights and locked the door and that's, uh, that's, that's world. Small yeah. town hockey. And Love it. Love it. So that was, that was, that was. Before amazing. we move to Dinkytown and the big city, big lights, uh, did I leave anything out? Did we cover everything, World? Uh, was there a guy on the team that would have been made the all hockey here team from, from your teams? Who would have that have been from World? Yeah, I'm trying to think back because we were talking earlier. You know, we all had the mullets, right? It was, uh, you know, I think even the hockey players. You guys that didn't play hockey which had it had the mullets at that time, uh, but I'd probably have to give it to the franchise. Uh, Vinny Hurd probably would be on the <laughs> hockey hurt team. Um, he's been Vinny's been in Bemidji now for years and years, but yeah, he had the uh, he probably had the longest in the back, and he was really high and tight on the side. So I think he he would have made it. I w- I think he would have made it. and I think he probably spent the most time working <laughs> on it too. You know, a little bit. I think there was probably Maybe gel. too much time sometimes and some uh, gel. Yeah, a little gel, I think, on the top, and the sides were cut short, and yeah. Oh, that's um, So he was probably one of the few guys that actually combed his hair at that time. So you get to the U, and I don't know everyone in your – I can name you, Peterson, Richards. Who else was in that class when you arrived at the U? Um, the three of us, and then Corey Leyland from oh, St. Yeah, Cloud. St. Cloud. Yep, and uh, Jeff Stolp, our goalie. Unbelievable. From Greenway. From Greenway. Yep. Yeah. I scored on him, by the way. That's you did. One of my name dropper. He and Damien Rhodes. Oh, impressive. Yeah. 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 I didn't score many goals, but I did score on those two guys. You're trying to drop names on yeah. Larry Olam? Oh, no, no. Okay. Come on. Because right. not even close, but those were opponents Southwest had Richfield and Greenway on our schedule. Every year, so it's awesome. Yeah. Great barns. What do you think, Larry? Should we let him tell the story? No. Should we let him tell the whole story? No, we're not. <laughs> no. It's his pod. Okay. Uh, great names, though. I love that. Um, Tommy Peterson. Uh, did Was it like looking in the mirror? Because you guys have a very similar game as far as skill and puck rushing and uh, that kind of thing. Did you, did you, was there a lot of, did you see the similarities? 
You know, I would probably say the main similarity is we were offensive defensemen yeah. and not very big, yeah. uh, tall. But Tom was thicker than I was. Tom could skate faster and shoot harder. And, um, yeah, so, no, he was – Tom Tom was really good. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't – but I, I would say, yeah, we were both offensive defensemen, and, and that's the position we played in high school. And um, so he was he was awesome to have as a teammate. And, yeah, he was, he was good. Because you played both positions at the U. Were, when you were being recruited by Coach Woog, were you recruited as a forward or as a D, or we just want you here? Well, I think he ultimately was recruiting me as a defenseman. Um, going back to I, – I was a forward as a – little kid squirts peewees um and bill christian would tell you the story and not that we had four lines you know we didn't have three lines it was two but um he moved me back to defense because he'd be on the ice more yeah um and i know i'm pretty sure our first year of bantams we had 4d and i'm pretty sure our second year of bantams we had 3d you know two lines and three defensemen so there was uh, there was plenty of ice time, and then so obviously played defense through high school, and that's how I, what I was recruited. But when I came to the U, we had a stacked defensive core, um, um, and Todd Richards was on that team. I came in as like you said with uh, with Tommy Pete and and uh, Randy Scarta the year before, and I was senior in high school, scored twenty five, twenty six goals as a defenseman. Yeah, and I appreciate Doug's effort in thinking why well, we got to get Tom and Larry in the lineup. Right. And so mm. we'll put them both back. Um, we'll put them in the lineup, but you know what? Let's move. Randy Scarta just scored 26 goals playing defense. Let's move them up. Did they do that? They moved them up. Our first, my first college game I'll never forget was in Wisconsin and a sold out rank and the band and the students. And Oh my gosh, was that unbelievable and fun. And, and, uh, I do. I, re- I also remember Sunday morning feeling like I had just played a football game because I'd never <laughs> got hit so much uh, first weekend in college um, playing defense. Randy moved up to forward. This this is going to be easy. Yeah, I'll play with Peter Hankinson and Snuggy, and I'll score fifty goals. <laughs> um, and so we had. So to- was Scar to play with those two? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. course he would with those two. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know the, the conversation, but I think Randy must have went up, went to Doug on the bus ride home and said, Doug, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a defenseman. You know, I'll play, I'll score you, score goals, but not as a wing waiting for some defenseman to pass me the puck. Right. Yeah. So, so that was it. So I, Doug said, well, I got to keep, I'd like to keep Larry in the lineup. So, um, yeah, I became a, a center and, uh, Pretty much from then on, Tommy Pete went and played in the World Juniors, so I dropped back and played, and there might have been a few injuries. So I think I played about 10 games on defense my freshman year. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I was a center and learning that position. And my sophomore year, we had uh, all those guys graduated, Scardus left. Um, so we had a lot of holes to fill on de- defense, and but we had Lance Pitlick back. Yep. Um, so he was our solid defenseman and going to lead the charge back there. And he got hurt pretty early in the season yeah. and was out for that season. So I moved back. So my sophomore year, I mostly played defense um, out of necessity. So Luke Johnson from Osseo, yep. a star and great hockey player, um, still involved in the game. And I played together that year. And then, uh, 
yeah, we kind of re- rebuilt after that, and I moved up to forward. My last two years, I played center, and but I always played defense on the power play, and maybe four on four, and and that type of thing. And but I, I go back to Warroad and growing up, uh, just playing those games. You just played, right? And that's what what helped me. And and you just I wanted to play. So you had a, I mean, you just listed off your your three youth coaches could probably have coached at the division one level if you think about it and then you have a great high school was, was dick Roberts tom was i had tom king yeah so, yep. so but he was after roberts then right yep okay yep. and then you have king and then you have coach woog you had and then dennis Marouk. i mean you had a <laughs> list of i mean in the role let's not laugh about dennis Marouk. i mean there's some big names in this list but we can't we got if we're going to talk about you as a coach we can't skip over Coach Woog. What was his impact, and who were the – I mean, the coaching staffs were pretty – the assistants were pretty fluid back then. Was Bill Butters on the staff? Then? Butters was there all four years, okay, well, right? He coached right. The, the D all the years. Dean Talifus was there uh, my first year. Um, Mark Mazzolini was there my last year. Um, and he ended up going to Miami of Ohio, didn't he? He did. I want to say he went to Harvard at one time too. Okay, I mean, we're we're dating ourselves. So Trigger. yeah, they, that the other assistant um, rotated through, but but yeah, Doug and Doug was pretty much Doug was hands on with the forwards. Okay, and he was always working with the forwards and the power play, and Bill Butters was working with the D and the penalty kill. Um, so I learned, you know, and and my first year we had Jack Blatherwick. Yeah, so Legend. where I, I mean, I. Still, everything I know about skating, I learned from Jack, and it's it still makes sense um, in, in a way to teach skating. And so my skating improved so much in college because of Jack. Um, I mean, the, the years before that, it was just skate as fast as you can from one end to the other, <laughs> right? And, well, you're a little tired. Okay, well, let's do it two more times. Because uh, that's how we get into condition back in, in right. the 80s, right? They don't do that. We've learned that that's not how you play hockey. But Jack Jack was uh, instrumental in, in that. And so, and Doug and Bill Butters, um, yeah, and Tom King, Blaine Comstock. I mean, they were all such good, you know, they were great hockey people, but they were, they were just good people. Jack Blatherwick is the uh, famous for the old fast twitch fiber, right? I mean, he was uh, he was a coach of ours at Southwest. His his high school coach was my high school coach, so there was always this connection with Jack. I mean, literally from peewees through high school, Jack Blatherwick would come and talk, and we just thought it was this crusty old guy. We had no idea, <laughs> and then. The, you know, the rest is history with Jack Blatherick. Every He's basically, if you're from Minnesota, at some point you've come across Jack Blatherick. His, what was his teaching like to you? I, I know what he was like to me. What, what was he like as a teacher? Um, you know what? He was, he was the teacher that was always positive, right? He's always uh, looking for what you're doing well and encouraging that. Yeah. Um, you know, but he was breaking it down, and, um, you know, it was all about the, the – like you said, the fast twitch muscle fibers, but he was so much smarter than we were. And, you know, his kinesiology background, right. It's like, and, and he was ahead of his time. So for us, uh, maybe for you too, it was just like, well, I'll try to do what he's saying. Right. I had no idea what it meant or why we were doing it. (laughs) Um, right. And, but that was, you know, it was, and the one thing I remember is because we would do a lot of stuff off ice too, right. He was the beginning of the plyometrics and, Watching the story about the Russians, right, yep. and how they trained, and then that came over Jack 
uh, and and that era brought the, brought those things over. And but it, you know his point was the stronger your legs are and the faster you can you know run, the faster you'll be able to skate. Yep. You know once once you transfer it. And uh, so he was instrumental in that. And uh, so that was you know that he just taught us how to train, right? right. How to skate and and you know not only that but that you know moving the puck quick and getting it back and although you know Jack would be the first one to tell you and Doug would be screaming that you know moving the puck quick was not my game um wasn't your game no 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 it was no. actually the opposite it was the opposite yeah so i would say you know um yeah there was a there was a learning curve for me and for Doug at the University of Minnesota that i had to learn everything's a little bit quicker Larry. you can't hold on to the puck quite as long. <laughs> um, although I still have memories of Bill Christian too. The nice thing about having three defensemen is I never had to go to the bench, but that didn't stop Bill from yelling at me. So there was probably three or four games <laughs> where you'd hear, move the puck, you know, where it just got to be a little bit too much. Um, so yeah, I had to learn because, uh, you know, the gopher game at that time was, was regroup and move the puck quick and, you know, trying to, to, to do what the Europeans were doing at that time. and and uh, In the move-to-puck so. scheme, the machine is to keep moving it to get the other teams out of position. Meanwhile, Larry, you're putting on a stick-handling clinic, and that's probably driving the coaches crazy, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, yeah, my one of my roommates, Kenny Janander from Greenway, a year older, Kenny got the same line as I got from Doug, um, not only holding the puck for a long period of time, but taking a long shift. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you came from a from a northern Minnesota town or in a small team where... 90 seconds is normal. 90 seconds is probably a normal shift, right? And then, you know, I mean, you get to a state tournament and there's a timeout. So, you know, then you just go <laughs> you another never came 90 seconds. Yeah. But Doug had told both Kenny Janander and I more than one time, you cannot earn your letter in one shift. Mm, you know. That's a good one. It, it's... Yeah, it's just not gonna not gonna happen. So so get off the ice. We got we got other guys. We're gonna get to Orno. Will you use the similar philosophy with the young ladies, young Spartans? Um, well, there would absolutely be a lot of things that I've learned, you know, right. from from Doug and Bill and and Tom King and, and down the list. Absolutely, there'll be a lot of things that that the Orno girls will hear and learn about. But there will also be, you know, I, I there will also be things that. I didn't necessarily like, um, so that that they weren't right. here. Right, right. You know, that's um, good. We'll we'll get to that. Um, let's finish up with the University of Minnesota. I love the Jack Blatherwick. I love hearing words about him. He was a great man. Um, at the University of Minnesota, you probably fostered friendships. Uh, both your, I'm guessing you met your wife there, right at the U. Yep. Just yep. yeah. Basically, just after I was done playing, so. My wife, shout out to the Richfield Spartans. Yep. Um, my wife, Carla, is best friend across the street, Angie Pladson. So they grew up together. They grew up together across the street. Yep. They're, they're best friends all the way up. And Angie was dating uh, my roommate, Travis Richards. So uh, Carla would come and, and hang out with Angie and Travis. That's how, so that's how we met. Cool. Um, and I like, you know, I 
for her sake, I like to tell everybody that she stalked me. <laughs> I love it. Right? I love I mean, it. <laughs> she waited all four years. She right? waited for sure. Yeah, for four years right. for sure. She th- yeah, yeah. No, she would. No, she's so she's it's an interesting connection with Richfield, and we have that connection. And then uh, my connections at the U, Dave Snuggerud was the guy when I came in. He had been on the Olympic team the year before. Yep. Um, so here's a let's tell I'll tell you another fun Warroad story. Okay. So with Cal Marvin. And the world community, we world. You got a game. They got a game. We got a game with the yeah. Olympic team. Yeah. So in January of 1988, and it had been every four years uh, previous. Previous the team played there. The war. The world Lakers would host the United States national team. <laughs> of course they would, because that's yeah. just a totally normal thing that so, happens in Warroad, yeah. Minnesota. So yeah. those of you that have been in the rink in Warroad today, it's not the same. No. So the old gardens. Um, when I was really young, they didn't have no glass. When I was they really young, we had glass around spots. the ends. So my when but I started, not along the sideboards though, right? Neither sideboard had glass. Yep. So yeah, when I, I was really young, you had bleachers on the one side, so people would literally sit with their feet on the boards. Yeah, and that's how you sat. And you know, back in that day, I mean, we didn't flip the puck out the glass to, to break it out no. at, mm. at all, right? So. And then eventually, I probably, I don't know, Bantams, maybe we put glass on that side after too many people had been hit. Um, <laughs> but on the other natural side. Natural selection, right? On the <laughs> other side, there was never glass. So you could literally, at our high school games, guys were standing in the Laker games, leaning on the boards. Yep. Um, and every and had, once had, in a had while. Had a fan ever grabbed a player? Or was that kind of like a taboo? Nope, that was taboo. No fan right. ever grabbed a player. A player would eventually, uh, uh, once in a while, someone would get knocked over the boards. Um, and the worst part of that was, you know, it's just concrete on the other side. So That's the skates. But this all started with my 1988 story. Um, so no glass on those sides. And, of course, there's no glass and is still in front of the player boxes. But in, in Warroad at that time, we had one penalty box. Oh, God. So between the benches, the home and visitor bench, was the penalty box. Um, so for this story, it was a World Lakers, so it wasn't a big deal. It, it, it was a lot, friendly, right? It was a friendly penalty box. But I got I was in there running, manning the door. In 88. In 88. I'm a senior yeah, in high yeah. school. So I'm listening to Dave Peterson uh, as the Olympic coach. I mean, we're two minutes in, and uh, shout out to the World uh, the Story Brothers refing the game from Warroad, and we're two minutes into the game, and they must have called a penalty. I don't remember the specifics at all, but I remember Dave Peterson saying, they're not here to watch you, Stripes. They're not here to watch you, and I had never heard that before. Um, and all these, you know, oh, my gosh. Getting, I mean, there's our Olympic players who are going to go on to be oh, yeah, NHL legends. stars, but two of them, Dave Snuggerud and Tom Chorsky, are on that team. Yeah. And the next year, I'm playing with them. And I remember Dave Snugger taking, you know, the game's over. And he came and gave me a tap on the, on the back and said, hey, we'll see you next year. And that yeah. and Jack Blatherwick was around, too. And the, that, what an inspiration that was. And so, and Dave took care of me when I got there the next year. It's like, here's a small-town kid who, uh, you know, doesn't know his way around the big city and all this. So Dave took care of me. Big time, and uh, would never be able to repay him for what he did. But, and then to fast forward four years, Wait, Darby for Hendrickson. This is the first two minutes of my life I've heard nice things said about Dave Snugger. So we'll just ink put this down. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he owes me he owes me fifty bucks for saying that. <laughs> Brought to you by Larry Olam. Right. No, yeah. he's a great guy. One he was he was a he's a good leader and a good man and, and a, a fun he made hockey fun, you know. Isn't it funny though, next year you're gonna see his son play there. It yeah. It's so crazy. His son will be there and these last years I've been watching uh Grant Bischoff's son play. Yeah and stepson. I've been watching Craig Johnson son yes. play. Yeah. Um That's cool. Who else is there? I think I'm missing a, a teammate or two. Yeah, it's really oh the Pitlicks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Pitlicks have been there. Um it it's re- it is really neat. Yeah. And then uh so fast forward to my senior year, Darby Hendrickson. Came was in. was a freshman, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna help this kid, you know, because he's gonna need some help." And you know, it, it it didn't quite work that way. It's like he was uh, he was a from a hockey player's perspective, he was a man amongst amongst boys, and uh, he fit right in. So and was such a great player, and and uh, he was a lot better than I was from as a freshman. I mean, he stepped in and was one of the best players, but. Yeah, we had uh, that in Craig Johnson and Klatt and Zmolek. That was our power play. So I was uh, I was pretty easy playing hockey with those guys and and uh, what a duo you and Z would be a great duo. Yeah, well, I think Doug knew someone's got to stay back right on the power play in case right. the puck gets turned <laughs> over. Um, so Zmolek, there's a pretty good chance he'll be he'll be playing defense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a good coaching guy. to your players' strengths. Exactly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Peter, you spent three and a half hours yesterday on roller hockey. Uh, we oh got to at least gosh. get you a minute, a, one question here on roller <sighs> hockey. Oh, man. So a year in the RHI, Roller Hockey International, Larry, you totaled, and this is, <laughs> this is not a misprint, you totaled 65 points for the Minnesota Arctic Blast. You weren't the leading scorer on the team, but you were clearly the best player. I watched your division semifinal against the Atlanta Fire Ants yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so can you tell me, what, what what was that like? Because honestly, watching the video, it looks like a total gong show. I mean, it's on ESPN2, the deuce. And all the, the, the uh, commentators are wearing the world's ugliest vest, like they stole from Theo Huxtable. And it just looks like a bunch of guys rollerblading around like a bunch of jackrabbits. Was that, was that what it felt like, or did it feel more professional than it looked on my YouTube stream? No, it felt, it felt, uh, did not feel professional at all. Okay. No, it felt a lot more like, uh, you know, playing back, you know, playing on your outdoor rink <laughs> um, with your buddies. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you wanted to win, right? And you wanted to, but that was quite the experience. Um, How do you stop just, in it? That would be the, you don't. They, they the didn't stop like, them. I, people like, always ask me, we want to come play roller? I'm like, I was a. F- I would always say no because I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to stop quickly mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, some guys learned how to do it. Um, yeah. I did not. No, it was much more. And I think it goes so, so the strength for me would have been the European type style. It's like yeah. you don't dump it in, right? It's no. like once you get the puck, All you possession. don't give it up. It's like watching the, the three on three now in the NHL, although, you know, no, right. no, no talent like that. But that's the idea. Once you get the puck, you don't give it up until you score or get a yeah. good, good shot. So, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of neat that they tried to make that that go and but the only thing the one thing I remember about that and it was fun it was fun to play because um you know you weren't getting killed I mean yeah you couldn't line a guy up on on wheels um right. so that that was nice 
But I do remember the next year trying to play hockey again, uh, which would have been the year I played with the Moose. Right. Um, it was awful. For like two months, I couldn't. Uh, really? The skating stride? The skating stride was horrible. And the turning, the edges. Yeah. Your edges were just so different. Uh, really? It You're was, the first person that I've heard that. It was awful. And I think what, yeah, because a lot of the guys who do it, they just keep doing both. Yeah. But I didn't skate. I wasn't on the ice for those three months, I think. Right. It was all, and, and that really Threw was you a off. tough tra- yeah, transition. Yeah. It was um, awful, but it was. You got one more? Of course the, I have one okay, more. Of course I want to ask about the Allen Cup. I have. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because the Allen Cup. That's, I, in, the, that's in the right spot. Okay. I, I learned about the Allen Cup through the Theo Fleury autobiography. I had no idea what it was, and I was reading his autobiography, and he played a year in Horse Lake, and he was talking about how big of a deal it is, and the Allen Cup has been around since 1908. And you won it in 1994 with the World Lakers. Uh, number one, how do the Canadians feel about an American-based team with an all-American roster winning one of their trophies? Did it ever get contentious between the Canadian and American teams? Yeah, well, I played a couple of years. I want, I want to say I played the year before that, too, and we went out uh, maybe to British Columbia and, you know, where it got contentious on the ice. Absolutely, they were, they were not going to lose to an American team. Um, so, yeah, you had to earn it big time. You know, The refs fair? That's what I always um, thought about when I thought of Izzy's teams. I was like, wow, what if they got <laughs> job by the refs? Yeah, it, you know, I'm sure there were some stories, but for the most part, I th- I think they were. I think, and Cal, Cal had done such a good job for such a long time is that he had a lot of respect, you know, from those the, the Canadian hockey world. Um, but there is no question that, yeah, that they were not happy when – when the Lakers won the Allen Cup, and I was, yeah, so fortunate to be on a team in 94. But I, you know, I give the credit to all the guys that were there all year. And, and uh, you know, there was a, a kid in high school at the time, Wyatt Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about Darby being a man-child. Wyatt, Wyatt was that same way. He was probably 16 year, years old maybe in, in 94. Really? And, uh, yeah. yeah, he played he played two or three years. Um you know, get after the high school season was over, and yeah. is is one of the best players. You know, um, Scotty Knutson would have been a guy who graduated before me in '82, and a really really good hockey player was there for years, and and he led the way. But Wyatt Smith um, was uh, it was fun to play with him, and then you'd go see him play at the U a few years later, and and eventually into the NHL, and yeah. So you and you know, you talk about players back in the 80s that and and Wyatt would be another one he played World Laker hockey mm-hmm. Allen Cup and that was actually Wyatt told a story a few years ago he was he's scouting for the yeah, Vancouver, Vancouver Canucks and he told a story and he's sitting around and at the table with all the scouts and um remember exactly that how it came up but but it was he's sitting around the scout or the table and and they're all looking at this American kid thinking <laughs> you know he probably doesn't even know that much about hockey does he I don't know right. why he's here and he said and, and somehow the Allen Cup came up and Wyatt said oh yeah I know the Allen Cup I won the World Lakers we won the Allen Cup and all of a sudden his uh stature yeah shoots way up <laughs> and all of a sudden he's respected at the table he said it was so all these scouts so to your point so is I this mean all Vancouver guys maybe there's Vancouver scouts, yeah. The, he I was think. with a group of Vancouver I scouts. I think it was the Vancouver cool. scouts. And so to your point, it's like, yeah, in Canada, the Allen Cup a big deal. is a really big deal. Um, 
you know, and you really can't, you know, I think the maybe, best part is like, yeah, and I was 16 when I won it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 16 and 17. And, and it's hard to describe for people what the Warroad Lakers was really like. I mean, I think, you know, there's a little bit maybe like town baseball. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. still around and, and still a really big deal. But, you know, not to the level. I don't know if there are, if you're winning a national title in the, in the town ball. Right. Um, but it, you know, maybe that's similar. And for the most part, it was all local kids who are now done playing high school and college. And, and, you know, again, this hasn't been around for a while, but you know, you're going to work, you've been working 40 hours a week and mm-hmm. you've, you know, played a few hockey games. And, and then some guy from Moose Jaw tries to take a run at you and you think I got to go to the office tomorrow morning. <laughs> and this guy's trying to pound my face in. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it was, you know, I was watching growing as, Growing up and watching in the 80s and 90s, you know, fighting was part of the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, you're uh, you're getting in a fight with, with some, who knows, you know, not me, but <laughs> guys who could actually fight and, and stick up for themselves. Yeah, and then you're getting up and going to work the next morning. From a personal perspective, so you're suffering heartbreak, your undefeated Warroad team in high school, you lose an overtime to a Dinah. You suffer heartbreak again in college. You lose an overtime in the national championship game as a freshman. So you've suffered pretty much nothing but heartbreak in big tournaments. So from a personal perspective, did the Allen Cup really hit home for you? Was it one of those moments where you could say, you know, holy bleep, I finally friggin' won one? Um, I, maybe momentarily, but not not big time like it would have been for high school and for college. And... And the only reason I say that, it it would for all those guys who were there all year. But, you know, I came in at the end of the season and, you know, late late addition to the team. And so... Yeah, you were more of a ringer. Yeah, and it, it felt good, and I appreciate the opportunity, and, and it was it was fun. And it was such a good group of guys. But, you know, it's different when you're there all year, and it, it was... Um, it was fun for me kind of as a childhood dream, right, to play with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, and like Wyatt, I did it at the end of my senior year of high school. I think the rules changed, so Wyatt did it after, you know, his sophomore and junior year, but it, I couldn't because, you know, you're, I don't know. It was senior hockey. and it was You were going to be considered older, a professional, right? right? You couldn't play yeah. college hockey if you play with the World Lakers. Um, <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, so it was it – was, uh, it didn't make up for the heartbreak. Let's let's put it that way. So it's gotcha. still there. It's still there. Yeah. All right. Good to hear that. Yeah. All right. We're gonna get to that. Let's before we get to the Orno, I want to talk a little bit about your personal life. You have three kids. Um, still married. How long have you been married? Twenty five. Um, twenty seven. Twenty seven years. Twenty seven years. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And three kids. Nathan. Nathan's twenty five. Jackson. Jackson's nineteen. And the biz is uh, 17. You said biz. What is biz short for? Biz is short for Elizabeth. All right. Yep. Came out biz, huh? Yep. Well, Jackson's not quite two years older. Um, Couldn't pronounce about it. about 20. Yeah. And it was Bizabeth. <laughs> and uh, so the funny thing, too, you know, my wife, well, Nathan, of course, he was going to, it's Nathaniel. Like, yep. And you okay. asked my wife. Yeah. Um, but that one, you know, there's my sister and a couple of, her good friends and and maybe hers. There's a couple people that call him Nathaniel. Yeah. But for the most part, Carla's dad, who passed away uh, when Nathan was three, Oof. he said Nathan. So it allowed me then to say Nathan. 
And so Nathan stuck. So Nathan is Nathan. Nathan you know, Nathan, or Nathaniel is Nathan. And then uh, Jackson. And then, yeah, Elizabeth came along, and that she's named after Carla's mother. Okay. Also passed. Awesome. And um, so it's going to be Elizabeth. You know, she's not going to be Liz. She's not going to be Beth. She's not going to be, you know, anything else. She's Elizabeth. And so she was Elizabeth for, you know, a year. And then when, uh, or maybe not even that long, and Jackson's talking, and Jackson says, Bizabeth. It's like, well, that's kind of cute. Yeah. You know, and so, and Biz stuck. So a lot of, the, funny story, a few years ago, she had a few of her friends over to the house, and these girls knew her for a couple of years. And they're in her room, and they're like, why do you have an E on your wall? Yeah. <laughs> 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 she said, uh, that's my name's Elizabeth. So everyone knows her as Biz, and that's awesome. I for uh, a lot of usually I introduce her as the Biz. The yeah. Biz. The Biz. The Biz. My yeah. my same story. My son. Uh, we have an Olivia. So Jake called. Could not pronounce Olivia. It was Libba. Libba. And we still call her Libs to this day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one. It's family name and more elementary school friends still know her as Libba, but like college friends would be like, "What is that? I don't know what you're talking about." I think so you should start right. that tradition again. The next time you're around all of her friends, you should just embarrass the living crap. Out no, of it her wouldn't and start embarrass calling her Libba. She's not embarrassed by Libba at all. It's just, just that's, ah. it's just still there but it's just never really transcended to the older kids all right uh talk about nathan a little bit uh he's your oldest uh still living with you T tell me a little bit about him yeah so nathan has special needs like you said and uh lives with us he goes to a program in st louis park four days a week um, he's done special olympics um he was fortunate to be able to get involved with hockey a little bit but he doesn't have um as far as the, the ability and the balance for hockey. Um, okay. Was, but we were able to do that. Larry Hendrickson um, got Nathan involved in hockey uh, with the Hendrickson Foundation, which is, you know, hockey's for Life everyone. It's coming awesome. full circle, right? It is absolutely coming full circle. And uh, But Nathan is, he's just a, uh, he's a good kid. He's a social kid, but he's a kind of a one-on-one -on -one type social kid. Yep. Uh, maybe like me. Um, doesn't like big groups of people and... Uh, but but loves um, loves hanging out with with the friends. We have some good friends that spend time with Nathan, and and uh, he loves his phone. He loves music, um, and I told the story the other day. So he's the old, oldest brother, but you know he had to come to. He was at the rink all the time, and that so we we're in Plymouth, so we're in Wyzetta Youth Hockey, yep. and so. Nathan was was a star with all of our fam. What good families? So Nathan would come to all the kids' games. So he's at games all the time, and the parents always good parents, and he'd like to hang out with them and you know spend time with them, and um, of course get a treat and and. Uh, but the thing about Nathan, and let's tell you about his um, um his want, if you, his competitiveness, right? So like for me, um, still competitive, not quite crazy like I was as a kid and had to win at everything. But Nathan is the opposite of that. Um, and he's a little bit competitive with me doing certain things, but otherwise from a sports perspective, he could care less. Yeah. So he's watched his brother and sister play hundreds and hundreds of games, and he would not be able to tell you who won any of them. Right. <laughs> he just didn't care. He's like, just give me a hot chocolate and a bag of chips, and I'm going to sit here and talk to this mom and this dad. And um, 
you know, he loved that, and we love that about it. It, it. That's that's a hockey story, actually. What's special about Minnesota and the state of hockey is going to the rink, meeting a family, right, on your U10 team or your PUEB team and Bantam A team or whatever, and you get to know a group of families that become family or become yeah. your family, right, a group of friends. And and that, you know, I, for I like know it's hard. For six months. For six months. And, yeah. and you know this, right? It's hard for those of us when our kids – get older and, and stop playing youth hockey. And I, it's like, but now what do I do? Where are the friends? What do I do as a, as a parent, right? Yeah. Where, you know, and as a lot of them stick together and you have, you build those bonds, but that's what, you know, one of the things that makes hockey special for all the families, right? It's fun for the kids and the coaches, but you know, for my wife and for Nathan and all, you know, all the others, it's just, you're with, friends that you like for six months like you said yeah yeah i got a chance to meet nathan uh, at braemar about mm, i think it was like five or six years ago i don't know why and he looked just like you and i was like oh my god it's like larry olam and, and i i just quickly i did quick math your son was on the ice your daughter was on the ice i was like oh yeah i see this it's him and we chatted for like two or three minutes he's this really social nice kid and that's yep. why I wanted to make sure that we brought that up in, in the podcast. I had that connection with them. I thought it was kind of neat. Um, yep. And then Jackson's a hockey player, played at Southwest Christian, right? Yep. And yep. was he a COVID-21 grad? He, um, yes. Yep. And yep. you so, got a chance to coach the team that year a little bit? Correct. Yeah. So so he had, I coached him all the way up through eighth grade, and then he went to Southwest Christian and decided he would like to have good coaching. Um, so he asked that I not help. Um, and I respected his decision. Um, so no, he was fortunate. Eric Westrom coached at Southwest Christian. So Jackson played for Eric. And I got to be a hockey parent for the first time. You know, I, Jackson and Biz, when they played youth hockey, I was always their coach. So yeah. it was it was good for him and it was good for me to, to step away and just – watch although I did t I tell the parents it's the worst part right the best is playing you yeah. have a say in what happens in the outcome mm -hmm. and you're involved and you know then it's it's nice being a coach right you you kind of have a little, a little say, bit of control yeah a little yeah, bit yeah. of control and you get to practice and help the kids and you know but then you go as a parent and like you're emotionally attached right you're emotionally involved right and financially of course too but yeah <laughs> more emotionally <laughs> just but more emotionally and you have no control right and so it's hard it's hard just to sit there and and not uh have an opinion or you know about the way the game's going or the official or what have you and but but it is it is also really rewarding to watch your kids out there playing and having fun and competing and so yeah so eric uh, couldn't help his eric uh, Westrom couldn't help as a his Jackson senior year, which was the COVID year, so it didn't start till January. But I was really lucky and fortunate to be able to help with uh, Nick Heiberg was the head coach that year. Yep. Sam Carlson, Richfield grad, is there. It's so because uh, they co-opt with yep. Richfield. Yep. Um, so again, full circle story. We have our son playing for Southwest Christian Richfield. He's wearing a Richfield girl is uh, girl Richfield jersey, where his mom was. Uh, you know. Graduated. Yeah. So a great rank too. It is. Yeah, it is. It is a fantastic rank. Yeah, it was. So it was fun. So we had a really, I had a really good experience being able to go to the rink every day during, you know, that winter of COVID, uh, which was awful for the kids. But, you know, we, we made the most of it. And, and uh, yeah, I was 
blessed to be able to be on the ice with him that last year. And what do you do for a living? How do you work? How do you make a buck? How do you and your wife uh, pay for hockey, pay for yeah, the um, financial investment you were talking about? Yeah, right, exactly. Um, I have worked in commercial real estate for 25 years. And actually, uh, uh, a hockey story, I guess, uh, Dino Williamson. Okay. Yep. Teammate of mine at the U, a couple years ahead of me. Um, good friends, spending a lot of time together in those years and uh, get done playing uh, hockey. Um, you're 25 years old and hanging out with Dino. He says, what are you going to do now? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I just, it was fun, right? I just played hockey and, you know, roller hockey. It's like, I, you know, um, let's just do this. And so Dino was, was uh, another mentor uh, helpful to me. He said, you know what? Why don't you come? I'm in, I work in commercial real estate for David Frauenshoe and Frauenshoe Company. Why don't you come do an internship? And I did. And uh, did a little internship in his office um, on the kind of the brokerage side and then went over to St. Paul where they had a office doing property management. And it was just a, a really much better fit for me. So I've been on the property management. Now I'm asset manager. I've been at Carlson Real Estate um, for for years and years. So um, it's it's been a really rewarding experience and uh, state of hockey. So of course there's a lot of hockey players in in uh, commercial real estate. And we used to have it a hockey really game. Is. It really we had is. Uh, the Opus Company. The first year we did it. Gosh, what year would it? It would have been in the '90s. We just said, there's so many hockey players. We should just have a game. Have, yeah. So we had like a, it was, uh, the first year wasn't real organized. Yeah. Um, like it got to be organized. But we had um, uh, all kind. I mean, we had Jim Jetland. Yeah, uh, he was big time into it. He was into it. He was a, one of the goalies. Um, Johnny Johansson. Um, uh, and then... Uh, Dino Williamson, and there was so there was quite a few Division One hockey players, um, and then of course all kinds of high school hockey players. Or so it was a good hockey game, and then and then Opus made a big deal of it, yeah, and and started raising money. We did it annually for I don't remember how many years, but it was uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun, and just a good excuse. To, and then uh, you know I don't I, another good story I got. Um, Former former governor, former golfer, former Olympic hockey Wendy? player, Wendy Anderson, yeah. Wendell Anderson. Here's a good story. As is, I'm thinking about you know myself playing hockey in late 20s, 30s, and 40s. So Wendell Anderson and and actually Mr. Jim Westby, Dave Snuggeroo's father-in-law. Yep. And a bunch of the those guys, those guys are still playing hockey. Oh, actually, yeah. Mr. Wen Westby Over still big. plays. Yeah, in their 70s. Yeah. So you, they got a group of people playing seven years old, and I'm at a hockey game, at a gopher game quite a few years ago, and I uh, see I'd met Wendell Anderson a couple of times, and uh, so fun to, to hear stories, right? Um, old hockey gopher stories, Olympic stories, but we were talking, he was still skating at the time, and he says, and I was talking about myself and skating, he says, I'll tell you the secret. So I said, how, how, how can you still be playing hockey in your 70s? I'll tell you the secret, he says. Always play with people your own age. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's it. Because, yeah, we'd get those, uh, you know, those games um, when the Opus Cup, and you got, there's 25-year-olds and there's 50-year-olds. Mm. You know, and for us 50-year-olds, it's like hard to, you know, you get competitive. 
Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, it doesn't take long, and you realize, oh, my gosh, I just pulled something (laughs) (laughs) that is going to be painful for the next couple of months. All in an an effort, you know, to to back-check that guy, which was a – actually, it was pretty unlikely that I was back-checking. But um, (laughs) – You know, it, it hurts as you get older. I uh, Before YHH, I owned an ad agency, and I had all these young kids who worked for me, and they built a softball team. I said, boss, you got to come out and play for us one game. I'm like, fine. And, of course, it's co-ed. I mean, so it shouldn't be that serious. And, of course, I hit one into the gap, and I thought, mm, I can make it to second. And I think my quad still hurts from 20 years ago from trying to stretch a single and it's like the back check it's a single to double thing right it's just it's miserable yeah because your mind's still there right it's like it's a double i think i can make it um but your body is saying no and so that's why that was good advice it's like you know what try to try to make that double against guys your own age um because because you're not going to get there as fast as you thought you were no it's not well i'm 30 and i play once a week at Roseville Ice Arena. And there's some high school kids, like Dominic Hauer. Yeah, that name take guys, you back. Yeah. Dominic Hauer, Will Parkinson. And I cannot get over the urge to just whack Dominic Hauer in the back of the <laughs> uh, in the back of the legs. When he goes around me and then he lets me know he went around me, I just want to take his head off. So that's good advice. Maybe I should start playing with 30-year-olds instead of 18-year-olds. You should. Yes. Well, I got a fantastic segue here. A segue uh, from me trying to kill from, Dominic From Howard. his <laughs> personal life to his coaching life, because he mentioned Dean Williamson, whose daughter, Taylor, coached at Wyzetta from about 2017 to 2022, It was roughly. not 2017. Was it 18? Like 2019. 19? Okay. Uh, yeah, Jess was there before that, right? Yep. Um, that was, you know, in the last three years. But you actually coached 20, 2000 to 2015. Oh, five, six, at five, six, six. Yep. Yeah. Okay. How did you, was that your first real coaching job or was there a coaching job before the 2000 season? That was my first head coaching job. Yep. I coached a year with Jack Blatherwick at Minnehaha. No way. <clears throat> so that was my first experience coaching. Wow. Okay. I coached a, a, um, a year at Kennedy, one year with the boys program, the year after that. Um, so yeah, I, Jason... My teammate Jason's Miller Cor- Corey, his little brother Corey, was there at Kennedy. Uh, we played against Casey Hankinson. Was at Edina, and uh, but it goes back to Dino. So Dino and I in the late '90s were doing hockey clinics, or I was helping him. He was running them from Wyzetta. So um, probably I guess starting in the in the mid '90s, and so I got to know some of the Wyzetta families. Then I ended up moving to Plymouth. They needed a coach. Um, uh, for the girls in 2000, and it's like, yeah, I'd love to do it. I always want to, you know, love to be involved in the game. So so I started, yeah, in 2000. So girls hockey, like we were talking about, was five years old at the time. Yeah. So those girls that I had, like the seniors that I had, um, they had to start playing high school hockey in seventh and eighth grade just to get enough kids yeah. on all these programs. Um, so by the time I got there in 2000, it had really grown, right? It, in five years, it had grown quite a bit. And now you're just a lot more kids and um, a lot, you know, they're all in high school now for the most part. And um, I was fortunate, Amber Hegland, who was fresh out oh of the gosh. University of Minnesota. A legend. 
legend uh, from Farmington. Yeah, so All-American softball player yeah. and a hockey player at the U of M, right, yeah. when they started the, the women's program. So I, I was, she played boys hockey, too, didn't she? She played, she played in the uh, Tier 2 state tournament in 94 for the Farmington boys team. Okay. Now well, yeah, in 94, she didn't have an opportunity. I mean, she couldn't. No. There was no girls. No. Yeah. Hockey, yeah, so... So how, how did yeah. you get connected with Amherst? Was she? She was working. Uh, she had got a job at Wyzetta High School and okay. also coaching hockey and softball. And so we had a, it was a real good connection for okay. the two of us. And it was really good for me coaching girls to have a woman on the staff, obviously. And then in addition to that, she was working at the high school. Yeah. So she took care of all those things. So I really just got to focus on practice, you know, on the games. And we had, <laughs> we had a fun group and, uh, some fun stories. So I do. So yeah, as you know, and mentioned, I'm going to start at Orono. Um, so I do know what I'm getting into with the girls. And the, although the girls hockey has come a, a long ways, you know, they just like, like everything, right. It keeps getting better and better. And the, um, as they've played more and more from a younger age. So the, I'm sure the skill level is, is much higher than it was 20 years ago. Right. Um, but the game is the same, you know, the game's the same as it was, you know, for me and my, the way I look at it 50 years ago and you do some things differently, but ultimately as as you mentioned, it's a game. And so I'm excited to be, to get back into the game with, with the Orono girls. And I, you know, it asked how, why girls and not boys. And it's like, you know what? I'd coach either. Um, the, the Orono opportunity just presented itself. And as we talked about my family and the kids getting older, I just have the time to do it now. And, and so I'm really excited to, to get, involved and I'll, I'll be honest I didn't know when I first heard from Orono you know what their program was like yeah. um, but they obviously as you guys know have a really strong program and have, have really been improving you know for for the last how many years right and it sounds like the numbers are pretty good and although it's still a small town and and I'm excited to have that that bond with this community it sounds like a a real neat community in Orono that it's um you know, these, these girls grew up together and playing together. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have the opportunity, but I do remember starting out in 2000 in girls hockey. And there were a few things that, uh, you know, at that time when I was 30 years old or so I'd been around hockey a long time, you know, I don't know that I'm going right. to, anything's really going to surprise me, but yeah, the girls surprised me a few more than, you know, more than once. So I remember the first scrimmage in Eden Prairie and, uh, like a preseason scrimmage in that first year and the, I think the game ended well what do you do after the game ends you go in the locker room <laughs> and I remember pushing the door open and just ah you know someone's screaming it's like well they started to change I was yeah. like I didn't even think about that yeah and wow. you know but you know you made that mistake once and it's like Amber can I come in <laughs> right <laughs> right ever since then and uh yeah and then there was and I uh, I have a girl I still remember who would who it is and uh first year first week first week of practice <clears throat> and trying out and like i said you kind of heard it all right mm -hmm. sitting uh in the coach's room before we go out on the ice and uh i think uh, and this is family friendly and it's it's just the way of the world we all have kids and now daughters and yeah different things and it <clears throat> it it was a special girl because most girls wouldn't say this to a coach 
And I think part of the reason she said it to me was just kind of a little bit of a shock factor. I wonder how the coach will react to this. So she comes, she knocks on the door. Again, it's the first week of practice. In the first year? In my first year. Okay. Yep. And I open the door. It's like, hey, Jenny, what's uh, what's up? Um, Yeah, I just want to let you know, I got really bad cramps today. And I don't know, um, I don't know how, you know, how well I'm going to do. And I like stopped and I was like, I'd never, what? Um, Amber? <laughs> Actually, what do I do she must here? not have been there. I just, I said, um, well, do the best you can. <laughs> there like, you what go. do you say? That's, that's yeah. the safe answer. <laughs> do the best you can. <laughs> what and do so, you say? like I said, I mean, I, in those six years and dealing, I would imagine in, if I coached for another 20 years, I, I think it was just a, Jenny. She was a special girl. I just don't think many Whatever. girls, right? What 16, 17-year-old girls are going to come up to this old man and coach? <laughs> and So it was, <laughs> that was, uh, you know, that was a learning experience and it was good. But it was, the, the girls were so good. They had so much fun and I enjoyed being around them and, and uh, good kids and good families. And speaking of families, Whitney Graft. Was spent. We spent four years together. Her uh, mom, Suzanne, uh, rest in peace, uh, was a school teacher at Wyzetta, and her dad, Rick Graft, were again mentors. So Whitney was their youngest. So they'd already been through it all, and we're just starting out with our young family. And they, they just took us in, right? And and I, I was their daughter's coach, but more than that, they were just there. They were, I was a man and Carla was with a young family and they were so good. And so we still have that connection with the Grafts. Whitney, great story. Whitney Graft graduated in 04. Um, good three sport athlete at Wyzetta. No, uh, she was asked to walk on at the U of M. Uh, that was it. And she did. And so her freshman year would have been, I think, Chrissy Wendell and Natalie Darwitz, maybe their last year. Yeah. So she's, heyday. yeah, so she's, you know, her freshman year, she's winning a national title, right? She didn't dress. Um, I don't know how many games she played, if any. But the type of kid she is was she worked, Chrissy Wendell even mentioned it after that season and thanked her for being at practice and working her butt off every day and pushing everyone, right? And that's that's the team. It's like, you got there's the star of the team, right? One of the stars, one of the best players in college hockey, saying thank you to someone who's a practice player, right? But you pushed us hard, and uh, and Whitney on her eventually got a scholarship, and eventually was the captain. Her senior year, wow. she was a captain. Um, so you know stuff like that. You don't. Have, I mean, who walks on anymore? Not very many kids, mm-hmm. right? Uh, no. Well, they take it as a. You could even go a step further. It's not just the walk-ons. It's asking a player to play a year of junior varsity as a freshman or a sophomore, and all of a sudden it's just, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. So nobody wants to walk on anymore. Right. Yeah. No. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your coaching style, your coaching staff. This is kind of for the Orono fans out there. Who do you plan on bringing in as an assistant? Uh, What's what's a a practice look like? How how do you want – because you're – I mean – I can tell you right now, you have a really good returning crew. I mean, there's high, high expectations. This isn't like, oh, good, we have a nice little team of young women here. Like, you have a 
superstar cast and are a clear favorite in your section to go back to states. What do you what do you know? Well, tell us about your staff and what your plans for who you're going to work with. Yeah, well, it's been um, basically less than a week. Right. Right. So um, I can tell you that there was uh, there is one person, Mackenzie Scatter, who coached. She's coached the last three, four years in in the program. She coached the 15s, the Orono uh, U15s, to a state title, I believe, last year. Um, <clears throat> so Mackenzie's going to help us out. Mackenzie graduated from Orono, okay. uh, I think in 2012. So I just met Mackenzie, and right. the, the kids and the families are all super excited. That she's sticking around and, and going to help and join us. So she'll be there. Um, they had one other a coach named Brooke Matson, Egan okay. Star, yeah. and then Penn State uh, player. So hopefully Brooke will uh, be around, but Brooke is also going to try out for the Whitecaps. Okay, um, and working, and so we'll see if that works out. So that's those are the people I've talked to so far. Um, so I've got to call into Derek Comstock in Waro to see yep. if I can get him to come down and help and <laughs> bring his daughter. <laughs> that, that, we have a we have a new so, somebody a new somebody right line up an NIL collective for Orono and yeah. we'll start moving them down. We'll start yeah. moving the Warriors down. Yeah. yeah. No. So so that's as far as I've got with uh, with the staff. Um, you know what? Um, we're gonna have a. Are you talking you know, about that young lady right there? Yeah, she's she's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. right? Is that the best defender picture that's from the, Nate? That's the best. Our defender. tournament last weekend, uh, Derek's daughter Katie was the best defender at the oh, U18 level. So nice. Ah, yep. Nope. No, it's uh, so I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So I have learned, yes, that I that Orono has a really strong program, and I have been told that if you are not in the state tournament and and if you don't win at all, it's really the coaching. That will be the reason. So, you know, that's the. I have that's to just ominous. Laugh at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do you like no. that kind of pressure? I'm kidding. Okay, Nobody right. is. Oh, damn. Right. Well, okay. you know, yeah. Nobody is. I wouldn't put it past that group. I'm sure there's yeah. people that might think that way, but no, they haven't, at least not yet, they haven't said that to me. <laughs> not yet. Okay. No. <laughs> but, I actually thought you were let's, serious. Let's I'm wait. like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, Izzy warned you. I have a sense of humor, but it's really dry. So. <laughs> And it does get me in trouble. That was like a Cabernet dry, you know. It, it does get me in trouble sometimes. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, <clears throat> but we, no, wait, I, the the the, they, the fishing line's still in my mouth on that one. Yeah. Um, so no, they've got a good group, and you know what? I've I've heard. I have not met with the the girls in, in, as a team yet. I met with the girls and their parents just as an introduction. Right. But everything I've heard already from the leaders of that team is they are motivated and they are. It's going to be exciting. Uh, they're ready. It, it's really exciting. And, um, you know, and the girls' hockey has come so far. And so that's I'm, – I'm excited to coach. I'm excited to practice. Like I told the girls, like practice for me is fun now. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the best part of coaching um, is being around the kids, helping them learn, you know, and, and we, we have to work on the basics. Um, but what I really like to coach um, and help is as you watch a team – I mean, there are things that happen in a game that you can bring back to practice and say, let's, let's, let's look at doing it this way, right? Let's, you know, you had the puck in the corner and, and you had no opportunity and you, you just threw it to the other corner. I mean, what were you thinking there? What, what was going to happen? It's like, I don't know. I just, I felt pressure. You know, it's <laughs> like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's do some drills. Let's work on 
maybe some things you can do. Maybe what, what could a teammate do to help you out, right? And, and we all focus on the puck and what the girl with the puck's doing. And it's like, well, why didn't you pass it to anyone? Why didn't, maybe you didn't see anyone. So right. are the other four girls on the ice getting in a spot to, to catch a pass, yeah. right, and get open? And those are, the, those are the things I really like to work on and like to coach. And, and it's the hardest thing to coach because it's kind of you're trying to coach kids to learn and f- get a feel for the game. Right. Right? It's, it's not like football. Like if you coach football, you know, it's X's and O's. And if, yeah. if, you're, a, if you're the wide, you know, just real simple terms, I'm sure it's not exactly like this, but it's like this is where you go, yeah. right? This is, wh- this is where you go, and that's, that's what you're going to do. This is who you're going to block. It's like it doesn't work that way in hockey. You know, it's, it's a flowing game, so everyone's moving. So <clears throat> even like uh, the power play, it's like, okay, go here, go there, go here. Yeah, you can try to set up that way. From there, there's going to be a lot of different things that could happen, right? Which and makes it, the game so cool. It makes it so much fun, right? Yeah. And so, I, you know, of course the games are fun and I'm competitive and, you know, you, you want to win. But I'm excited to be back on the ice and be working with a, a talented group of kids and sounds like a wonderful group of families. So I'm, I'm excited to be there and, and practice. I like to run a practice like I played, right, or like when I was playing. And that wasn't a lot of standing around um, and a lot of instruction. It's, it's let's keep moving, you know. And yep. at times you got to stop and break it down. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I, uh, you want to keep moving. Um, I try to, to set up a practice where you don't have lines of kids. Right. And you go one at a time and, and get back. You know, you have to do that when they're young right. to a certain extent. But, yeah, I don't like, especially if it's an hour long, you know, if you, 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 can't, you can't stand you know, we can't be standing watching people go through the drills. Let's get as many kids moving as much as possible. And and in an hour practice, you know, you, you look, I'm not a big statistics guy, but yeah. I, you know, you look back before they kept statistics and you say, okay, well, in a Bantam game or whatever, a girls hockey game, and you, you look at, you know, the, the average kid, how many shots on goal will you take in the game? You know, maybe the best players will get three four, five, I mean, some of the girls, I mean, more, but yeah. on average, you maybe one to two, right. you know, per kid, right? If you get 20 shots to 30 shots a game. So you're, you're going to get one to two shots a game. How many are you going to get in practice, right? Let's, you should, you should get 50 shots, right? I don't know. I don't count them, but right. 70 yeah. shots, right? Or, and even more than that, uh, touching the puck. So how much time is the puck on your stick in a game? Not much. Not much, right? And so, but but I w- let's get it on your stick as much as we can in practice. And then the goal will be to keep it on your stick as much as we can in a Just game. Just like you did. Mm. Exactly, yeah. It's like we're not going to – let's not dump it in. Let's let's control the puck. Let's uh, – you know, that's, that's our puck. That'll be one of your rules. That's our puck. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, that's what you shoot for, absolutely. A teammate of yours uh, made it a – just a classic discovery, Trent Clatt, when he was coaching at Grand Rapids, he said, yeah, at the end of one of these practices, we did a little three-on-three tournament with our Grand Rapids kids, the varsity kids. And, and then the practice gets over at the 90 minutes or the 60 minutes or whatever. And he said they were just gassed. All of them were just tired. And he goes, oh, I have found my new uh, way to condition the kids. It was in a three-on-three tournament 
where the kids mm. just played their hearts off. Mm. And they all had the puck. They had the one touch. He goes, I accomplished everything in the final 15 minutes of practice what my high school coach never could figure out how to accomplish, which was running us back and forth between the boards to kill us. Right. You know, it was just an interesting, I was like, wow, I never thought of Trent Klatt as one who could invent a way to condition players without them con- knowing they were being conditioned. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like hiding yeah. vegetables in brownies or something. Right. You're going to get your vegetables. Yeah, he was. Right. That's what if he I got to dress it up with chocolate sauce, you're still going to eat that broccoli. Right? Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, people our age, we like to we like to make sure the next generation knows what a herbie is right, <laughs> right. oh my just so gosh. they know just so they know just so yeah, they you know. gotta hand that down you know, just for one we'll you know do one. That, that's jack blatherwick and all his, his the, the people that learned the game and realized that does not help you become a better no. hockey player and no. uh nope no so yeah trent is right and and better ways to and and he i'm sure he had a special group of boys and i think that's what we, they have in orono too is the kids they're competitive right and they work hard and but they're they're respectful to each other, and we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna play the game the right way. And that is, we, you you work hard, you uh, you know, you finish your check. How, what that you know what that means in girls hockey, you still finish your check. You, uh, right, it's physical game, um, but you're respectful. I mean, you're not hitting people from behind. You're not using your stick. And um, but yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> that's the way to to get kids in shape. Right, is just make them. Uh, they, they don't realize they're they're working hard, but you know, yeah. and the other thing about that, too, is what the kids, what they have to learn, which is hard here in the cities. This, this is an advantage of Warroad. It still has this advantage today because we get to play so much. You right. get to skate all the time. One thing that is important is important to learn how to play when you're tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, not many, I mean, these when kids all grow up. Fatigue, you mean. When you're fatigued, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I've been out here for a minute, but they've had the puck. I don't have a chance to change. It's the second period. But, but you have to learn how to play, right? Yeah. And and that's where you know you're staying in position because kids, some kids, it's like I'm gonna get out and go as hard as I can for 40 seconds, yeah. right? Especially like high school. I watch a high school hockey game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what happens if you're out there for a minute and a half? I mean, you can't just give up, you know. And it was funny, even the watching that NHL game the other night. McCarr was out, had a shift for like two and a half minutes. Yeah, right. I love when they start tracking shift <laughs> yeah. times. It's I great. mean, they don't. You don't definitely don't want that to happen. But you still have to be able to play, and you have to play. You have to be able to think and and be smart when you're tired. Um, so that that's one thing that's you know really hard to teach. Yeah. But like Trent's three on three drill, where you're playing a lot, it's you know now all of a sudden you have to just think a little bit harder right and you get to think what's happening ideally you that's how you one of the things how do i teach a, cur- a girl to anticipate it's hard it's really hard it's really hard if not impossible but the kids that want it and have some of that hockey sense to begin with yeah you can you can teach them you're like you know the, the simple things is i and once you get to know your your line mates right like trent Platt was the guy. It's like Trent's going in the corner. Like I wasn't going to go in the corner, right? Trent's going to no. go get the puck. Oh, yeah. But I know he's going to get it. And so I know I'm going to get to a spot that once he has the puck, he can he can pass it to me. Right? Yeah, you you know that Trent Klatt's about a 68% chance of getting that puck in the corner. So now yeah. where he's going to go, if he goes left, I want to be here. If he goes right, I want to be there. I mean, that's simple stuff, but it's not. Those are instincts that you learn growing up playing on the pond. Right. But might not necessarily know from 
just showing up for your 12A practice. Yeah. Well, especially right? before he gets the puck, because most of us, right, it's like, oh, he's got the puck. Well, maybe now I should move. Now yeah. I should go to a spot as opposed to – Maybe I should – You know what? I believe in my teammate, and even if he gets there second, he's still going to come away with it. Right, and, right. And I'm going to be – and then I'll just cheat on the offensive side because Doug Smolik's playing defense, right? Right. <laughs> Richards is back there, so we'll, we're, we'll be fine. All right, so uh, – I, I got know, I got one oh, last thing about Wyzetta. Okay, good, because right. I, got, I got a good Arnold question for him. Cool. So you took Wyzetta to the state tournament in 2005. It was one of the first years that AA existed for girls. What kind of parallels are you going to look for from this Orono team that you could compare back to that 2005 state tournament team? Yeah, good question, and that was, you know what I liked? Uh, that, if you guys would know this, but that was at Ritter, right? The early girls' state tournaments were at Ritter. Even in 05, it was at yeah. Ritter? Yep. Yeah. Interesting, um, okay. You know what? We had a really good goalie. Beth Spurrier at that was, was the goalie that year, went on to be an All-American at Bethel. We had four solid defensemen. Uh, I think three of them were seniors. And we actually had three lines, you know, three solid lines. Uh, of course, the top line was, was scoring all the goals. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, an Orono girl, believe it or not, Christina Lee, um, was a star of that team, Tiffany Johnson. Um, they, they, they scored a lot of goals. Um, so we had a goal scoring line. We had, we had depth, uh, and good goaltending. And so I, I don't know the girls specifically yet. Um, excited to, to get to start getting to know them, um, as soon as next week from a hockey perspective, but you know, that from everything I've heard and, and, uh, no, I think you know, we'd have a similar group. I know they have uh, strong goaltending. Celia Dahl actually played yeah. some Wyzetta youth hockey. Yeah. So she was with the Biz for a couple of years. So, oh, so I cool. knew Celia. <laughs> um, and Allie Plyman would be a junior defenseman. Yep. Um, Allie was a Wyzetta. Uh, for, we played together for a year um, with the Biz. So, you know, there's a couple of kids that I do know. Um, and so I, I think it really sounds like it probably sets up similar, right? Celia is a really good goaltender. Uh, they got they've got depth, mm-hmm. right? Plenty of depth. Every Plenty every depth. line can score. Every line can kill a penalty. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we have those things, and it sounds like uh, part of the, the reason to be excited, right? It sounds like a group of kids that want to be at the rink, and yeah, want to yeah. skate, and want to have fun, and want to work hard, and so I'm I'm excited. Yeah. I, um, uh, hopefully they won't be too disappointed when they see me out on the ice with them. And <laughs> well, maybe after this interview they won't be. All right. Yeah. So here, here's my question: uh, I know you don't know every day on your calendar from here to uh, the rest of the calendar, but I'm pretty sure you know where you're going to be on November 19th of this year. Where are you going to be? I'm going to be at the gardens, right in World. Oh, yeah, look at that. So it was it was meant to be, right? The world the Arnold girls are going to Warro. This Warro's. busy guy won't hire you as the Warro JV coach. Right. You're going to show him. I'm going to get him back. Yeah. We're going to go up there. Um uh, no, it's it's going to be exciting and um I don't know if I'm sure the kids have probably been up to Warroad or Roso, and so maybe what they know what they're getting in for as mm-hmm. far as the bus rides concerned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you got to stop? Do you know where you're going to stop? I have no idea. Like I said, I'm like, a weekend. Izzy always stops at the Clearwater right outside of St. Cloud. That's where yep. his team always well, stops. Well, and I, I mean, I do, you know, when we were as a, when we were playing, we didn't have to come down to the cities yeah. to, to get competition. Right. Um, 
there would be occasions we did. I mean, in youth hockey, we never came down um, to the cities. Uh, and I think maybe once my junior year, we made a trip. Um, but we didn't have to. But Izzy, I mean, they have to come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? To, there's just not as not, not enough girls teams in northern Minnesota. and the, So they have to come down off. And so I, I do respect the fact Orono made that commitment last spring to, or winter, whenever they did, to say, yep, we're going to go up to Warroad and – Warroad's been down, so I'm excited for the girls to, to make that trip, see uh, see Warroad, um, see the, the rinks. Um, you got to show them the car collection, don't you? Go to the shed, yeah. If any of the dads coming with us like classic cars. Uh, um, you got to come to the shed. Come to the shed, and Bob Marvin's car collection is something uh, you just want. It's kind of like Warroad hockey, right? You wouldn't expect this middle-of-nowhere little town um, same thing. Bob's got quite the car collection. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see that. We'll have fun. I don't know where we'll stop or, or w- what will happen, but it'll it'll be a good experience and and it must be meant to be, like you said. If uh, definitely meant <laughs> if to be. If the Orono girls are go- planning to go to World, yeah, I'm excited to be able to go with them. It's the only way game. to put a cherry on that would be to beat them. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you gotta beat them. Oh, you know what though? It's it's kind of neat that you and Izzy are friends. I mean, but it is actually from a nerd perspective. It's well, a this big, is going to be no, This is going to be number one versus number two. It's I can it's already a, tell a, you preseason is going to be one versus two. It's a state seeding game too because I think I am not putting you in the state turn, but before the season starts, these two teams will be in the state tournament. This is a state seeding game. This is kind of a big game, believe it or not. It's not. It's kind of fun for you two to I want to go to, I want to go there's to some importance one. to it, too. Can I stow away on the bus it, and come yeah. up? Yeah. 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 It, yeah. Yes. And, and it a, is a, a non, it is a non YG tournament weekend. So there is a chance one mm. of us nerds will end up in world. There's always, we always somehow find our way into the gardens yeah. or to the Memorial Well, building. Izzy's been a good friend of mine for a long time. Um, like you said, I skated down the, the, the alley um, to his rink when I learned to skate to Cal's rink, and then we were a block apart. And so we've, we've always stayed in touch, and I've, you know, oftentimes I'll ask him questions, um, just send him texts about the games they've had, about how things work. And, but for some reason, I got, they announced me as the Orono coach, and he hasn't returned my call. <laughs> That that is the most Izzy Marvin thing I've ever heard. Yeah, like I know we grew up together, but now you're a rival coach, so I'm exactly. not going to talk to you for the rest. Hey, of my life. I was just going to ask you. I've, we're running a practice. I just had a couple questions. Just give me a call when you get a chance, and I haven't heard from him. <laughs> crickets. So <yeah>. absolutely crickets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's no, refilling I'm, the napkins at his, at the restaurant. They'll they'll pull out all the stops. Uh, I got. I've already looked. We're gonna. I'm gonna bring a broom because I want. He'll probably be throwing sand in our locker room. Yep. Oh, God. You know. Um, <laughs> They're, uh, you know, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I got. We'll, we'll work on this a little bit because if we get ahead, it wouldn't be that strange if the lights went out. Yep. Yeah, you know? I could see that. At, you know, just at the inopportune moment for us. So, if we're gonna have the girls will practice breakaways, and we'll turn off the lights because you know that's when it'll happen, right? World has a breakaway where the lights will not go. The generator oh. will kick in. Tommy They'll Lund be will probably be co- be, be refing, right? Yeah, I don't, yeah. Tommy Lunder or, or some of Izzy's nephews and nieces. Um, 
I would imagine. So we, I'm not going to po- – we won't practice the power play before we get up there. Because <laughs> you better practice we will, that PK. penalty kill. Though. We will be yeah, – Lots we'll, of three-on-fives. Lots yeah. of three-on-fives. <laughs> we will definitely be practicing the penalty kill for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yep. This has been a blast. Peter, any other uh, things you want to add? We've definitely touched on all Nope. I made, I made you of, go through some of your most painful hockey memories. Yeah. Uh, tried to soften it with an Allen Cup reference, but uh, – Didn't work. Nice it did, job. It did not work. I brought yeah. up a – a third place finish in the state tournament too. So maybe this is yeah. this could be your year though, Larry. This could be your year. You have the, demons on that piece of real estate at, over at the uh, St. Paul. Saint yeah, Paul. and you if some, you exercise, if those. you yes. win the state championship this year, I will follow you around with a camera for the rest of the night just to make sure that you don't like spray paint the brick wall right outside the X. <laughs> yeah, it's or exciting. if you do, that would be even better. better. Yeah, it, it could get it could get rowdy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good deal. Thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on today, Larry. We yeah, really had a good I appreciate blast. This was fun. Thank you. Larry Olam from Warroad, Minnesota, our today's Minnesotan.